uh, today this is called due diligence and discernment. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to us at the beginning of the year that we would rise up. And that's not just in one area of our life. Okay, so you may know where you need to rise up. Um, but it may be different for everybody. But yet that's a call corporately for the body of Christ to rise, to rise up. And so today on due diligence and discernment, these two terms are going to go together. So we're going to get into that. And I want to encourage you. Jesus said that his father is always working. Okay, Jesus said, my father is always working. Okay, Jesus said, my father is always working. And so he came and Jesus did the same. Because a father was always working, Jesus said, I've come to work. Correct? You know, when we get to heaven, I'm just going to destroy the myth that we just don't sit on a fluffy cloud and float for all eternity. That's just a cartoon. That's not even it. Right? We're, we're going to be working with God by his side for eternity, yet it's in rest. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. We're his family, and he is amazing, and he's going to continue to unfold his great plan for, for all eternity. But if Jesus said, my father is working, I've come to work and to do the same, then as the body of Christ, those who've been born again, we are always working. Now, there is a day of rest, correct? But it is the essence of his heart that Father wants to reveal his love to all. He wants to save. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to make things new in us. He's always working that sinners would come to repentance. God pursues the lost. How do you think you got saved? So if he didn't pursue the lost, then we're in trouble, okay? He pursued me, and he won my heart and saved my soul. So there's many, many that are still lost out there who have not made Jesus their Lord and Savior yet, who need to be born again, and we, the church, are commissioned to work with God and Jesus to get them saved, healed, delivered, made whole, prospered to come into peace and rest. So say, I'm always working with Jesus. Okay, so we're going to use this term, due diligence. Anybody heard that term before? If you, okay, they're like, one, a few of them raised your hand. This is kind of a governmental word, a legislative word, okay, has some legal ramifications to it. But due diligence is a process or effort. Due diligence is a process or effort to collect and analyze information before making a decision. Due diligence is a process or an effort to collect and analyze information before making a decision. Anybody ever make a wrong decision? If you're alive, we all have at least once. So you think, well, I didn't think that out. Anybody ever say that? Or I got ahead of myself. <laughs> we understand, don't we? So when he says, the Spirit is saying, rise in due diligence. Okay? The process, the effort to collect and analyze information before making a decision. It is a process often used by even investors to assess risk. How about that? To identify and to assess something. 
It is reasonable care and caution exercised by a person who is buying or selling or giving professional advice, especially as required by law, to protect against incurring liability. These are big terms. The court said there was due diligence on the part of the plaintiff. The process of gathering or disclosing relevant and reliable information about a prospective sale or purchase or contract. You should perform due diligence on a company before investing. So you hear due diligence. You hear process, effort. Seek something before making decisions. Care, seeking out, looking something to protect, to keep you from harm or mistakes, basically to gather information that's going to help you succeed and make a profit. You understand that? So now, diligence itself from the Hebrew, if you look up this in the concordance, here's what he says diligence is. It's a guard. It means to watch. Diligence is observance. It's like a guard post, like a jailer at the door of a jail, making sure that whoever's in there stays there, right? It's a place of confinement to watch over. We can understand that, a guard watching over a door. This is due diligence. Examples of this would be God watching over us. You're just like, well, I didn't know that. Yes, God watches over us. God does due diligence. He watches over us personally. Intimately, spirit, soul, and body. He watches over everything that concerns us. He already sees our future with him. He sees our today. He saw our past and he forgave us. And it's under the blood of Jesus. Amen. God is showing due diligence. This is, this is part of his nature. Thank the Lord. We have a diligent God. And it's always to do something really good for us. He's always watching over us to keep us. He's watching over so that we can succeed. Hallelujah. He's investing in us. <laughs> He's hoping for good and for kingdom to explode through us so that we can be faithful and bear much fruit in what he's called us to do. Amen. Another example would be the soldier on guard duty. There's a serious punishment if the soldier goes to sleep while on watch. Correct? If he's on his post and he falls asleep, there's serious punishment for this. Because you have to stand guard. You have to stand watch. This is due diligence. How about the shepherd that watches over his flock of sheep at night? Praise the Lord Jesus is our good shepherd. How about the watchman who stays on the, quote, wall to defend the city? Or the watchman in prayer? He calls us that in the scriptures. Watchman on the wall. We're called to pray. We're called to intercede. We're called to stay in tune with what God is saying and pray effectively. We're called to pray and do due diligence in it. It's like a husband watching over his family. Colossians 4.2 says... Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. This is our lifestyle. We talk about this constantly. Every believer, born-again believer, is called to commune with God, to pray his word, to decree his word, to pray what God says, to pray for one another, 
Every one of us are to do due diligence in prayer. Con- continue earnestly in prayer. That's not flippantly. It didn't say continue flippantly. <laughs> or every now and then. Okay? Continue earnestly in prayer. Do due diligence. Be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Know that God hears you. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. This makes sense. I have to do due diligence. I have to watch. I have to guard. I have to be in a place of attentiveness. I have to purposely pursue what God is saying. The enemy is going around constantly to kill, steal, and destroy. That's why I quoted that this morning. But Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Jesus is watching over us in due diligence to bring life and life abundant. To answer our prayers as the intercede, as the Spirit intercedes over us, as Jesus intercedes over us. He is doing due diligence by interceding now for us. You're like, oh, I did not know that. Yes. Jesus is praying for us. He didn't just stop when he went to heaven. He's our great high priest. He still prays for us. And no one knows our heart but Jesus. Even wonderful families and husbands and wives, you think you know each other, but not like God knows you. Scripture says he knows your thoughts from afar. He knows what's in our heart. And he's for us. Due diligence. How awesome is this? Have you ever heard, don't let your guard down? Usually we're trying to protect ourselves. Don't let your guard down. Have you ever heard, have some discernment, man. (laughs) Have some discernment. Due diligence. God wants to give us wisdom. He's always ahead of the game. He wants us to rise in this. He wants us to rise to our understanding how God is watching over his word in us to bring us into the fullness of what he has for us. In every sphere, everywhere we serve, where are you doing due diligence? In your job, with your money, with your finances, with your family, with your responsibilities, in your education, in your ministries. Are you doing due diligence? Are you guarding? Are you there? Are you ready? Are you alert? Are you vigilant? Are you attentive? These things matter. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring forth the issues of life. We're called to keep our hearts. We're called. We are. I want to keep her heart best I can, but she's called to keep her heart. You understand? I can pray. I can help. I can assist. But we are called to keep our heart with diligence. Pay attention, alertness, guard it. It's all through the Psalms and Proverbs. For out of it spring forth these issues of life, because out of the heart, mouth, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart comes all these things. And so we want life in our heart, correct? We want life to spring forth out of our hearts. So we need to do due diligence, keeping our hearts fixed on life. You hear that? On truth, on the word, on love, on the way of God. The NIV NIV said, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do comes from the heart, not your head. Truth. 
Everything you do in life comes from our heart. Every decision, right or wrong, comes from the heart. And Jesus nailed it all through the scripture. He did. Not the mind, the heart. And out of the heart, here it flows, and it's going to go into our entire soul, spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotion, but it starts in the heart. And thank God for his due diligence to send Jesus to save us because out of his heart flows rivers of life. He wants us to be with him forever. Isn't that beautiful? So it's like, you know, uh, we've always been in his heart. He formed us, he fashioned us, he created us. Above all else, say above all else, guard your heart. Mm -hmm. Everything you do flows from it. That's it. We're into due diligence. The ESV said, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. There's that word again. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. But if my heart is receiving the love from the Father, if my heart is receiving his word daily, if my heart is abiding in the truth, and that the Lord loves me, I'm receiving that every day, my heart is going to explode. I mean, because when you really start thinking about how much God loves you, your heart just can't take it. (laughs) You're going to be changed. Like it or not. And then out of that, as your heart is encountering God, that's where Jesus will love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. It's going to just take over everything in our lives. He said, well, I don't like my neighbor. Well, you don't have to go agree with all he's doing. We're just supposed to love them and not hate them. We hate sin. But God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. That includes loving ourselves as well. And that's not arrogant and self-pity. The NLT says, guard your heart above all else for it will determine the course of your life. How important it is to do due diligence looking over your heart. So we do due diligence in our daily affairs in life. We do due diligence in cleaning our house. We have due diligence in our ministry, in our job, in our workplace, in our love, and all that we have our set our hands to do. We do due diligence as we seek out something, as we study something, as we're about to step into something new or buy property or lands or houses, as we give and give more abundantly. Whatever we are doing as business men and women, we are doing due diligence. And it comes back to our hearts. You would have probably not ever put that to it, but that's where it happens because out of the heart, here's all the issues of life. So I'm going to be attentive to what and rise to what Jesus is saying to give due diligence to in this life this year. Do you understand? Okay. Proverbs 22, 5 says, thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. But he who guards his soul will be far from them. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. But he who guards his soul will be far from them. The New Living describes it like this. Corrupt people will walk a thorny, treacherous road. But whoever values life will avoid it. Corrupt people will walk a thorny, treacherous road. That's the thorns and snares. It's in the way of the perverse. 
But if you guard your soul, you're doing due diligence to keep yourself on the path of life and righteousness. NIV says, in the paths of the wicked are snares and pitfalls. But those who would preserve their life will stay far away from them. You know, you're like, I'm not going that way. I'm not going that way. When you climb mountains and you do trail hikes and stuff and you see this one or that one, I'm, oh, I don't want that one. <laughs> I'll go that way. But sometimes the easy way isn't always it. Correct? But we have a choice. We have an opportunity to choose the way in which we're walking. We are guarding our soul. We're keeping ourselves, literally, we're keeping our heart with due diligence and vigilance, with awareness as God is walking with us in this life. He has the answers for us. He has the answers for us. Amen? He says, don't get caught up in corruption. I've talked about this constantly. Guard your eye gates, guard your ear gates, and guard your heart. There's certain things you just don't have to see or hear or watch. He said, don't get caught up in the corruption, but overcome evil with good. Go to God and pray. How can we overcome evil with good here? Pray against evil. Bind it. Forbid it. Loose the truth. Loose the kingdom of heaven. A way up and out of it. Hallelujah. As the church, we have that authority to do. So here we're doing due diligence in that prayer. And he warns us about this path. Don't get caught up in corruption. And it may be someone close to you as well. Keep your heart in the life, in the path of life. Matthew 12, 35. Jesus says this. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Truth? Those were Jesus' words. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So when we were lost and not saved, we didn't always walk uprightly. But once we got saved, the Spirit is renewing us to walk uprightly and follow the Lord on the paths of righteousness. To walk after righteousness. That's why you're a defender. That's why you hate evil and injustice. Because the Spirit of righteousness is in you to defend, to protect, to keep. You hear it? Romans 12, 6. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's been given to you. He said, use them. Everyone has plenty of gifts. He's like, I did not know that. Yes, we all have many gifts that God has appointed to us. And as Christians, as the Spirit gives to us these spiritual gifts, he says, use them. Use them. He says, man, I got so much wisdom, then use it. I'm so full of kindness, then give it. I'm a giver, then give. I have tongue interpretations of tongue, then do it. Speak it, Right? Lead, he says, he who leads, leads with diligence. He who leads, leads with diligence. Why did he put that together? If you lead, lead with diligence. There's no faltering there. We need leaders, and every saint in the house of God should be leading. Truth, I'll say it again. Every saint in the house of God should be leading. 
We need leaders. We're not all just followers. That gets us in trouble. But when you're in Christ and you start leading, you're going to make a difference. In your family, in your careers, with your ministries, at home, all that you have set your hands to do. If you are leading by the Spirit of God, you lead with diligence. Do, do diligence. That's amazing, isn't it? That's what he's saying. Rise in due diligence. Rise in diligence. Don't procrastinate. You know, tomorrow. Second <laughs> Timothy 2.15, he says, live your life devoted to God and his heart and word. Listen to this. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're supposed to live our life devoted to God and his heart and his word. Study. You know what that means? Study. <laughs> Study to show thyself approved to God. A workman. He said, my father's always working. So as you abide in the word and the word abides in you and you obey the word, you are working for God. You're like, I did not know that. Yes. As you abide in the word and you obey God's word and you follow God's heart, you are abiding. You study the word. You're studying his precepts, his word, his direction. You're showing yourself approved to God. He approves of you. He's with you, for you, blessing you in what you do. A workman that needs not be ashamed. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, always dividing rightly the word of truth. So it's not something you have to do. It's something that we get to do. We've been giving God's absolute precious word. So abide in him. And as you go throughout the day, you'll hear him speak to you, correct? You're not necessarily reading your Bible at that point, but the spirit of God is speaking to you. He is living. The word is speaking to you. And he shows you the way to walk. You're following after his heart in all of our ways. Now, I want y'all to go to Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to read this um, in light of the due diligence. And we're going to see what we hear here. In the book of Nehemiah, he was a prophet. And the fast version is, is that he was called by God to take and go back and to see the destroyed walls in Jerusalem rebuilt. Okay, after three years and a lot of captivity in Babylon. So here we go. We're going back and there's a mess. Okay, and so it's like going to a temple that's completely in ruins, the walls in ruins. And so here he goes. He's going back here with an assignment. Y'all good? So we're going to go through this. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 1. Are you there? And there's always bad guys in the way. They're going to be easy to pick out in this story. Okay, so it says, but it so happened when Sanballat, he's a bad guy, heard that we were going to rebuild the wall. He was furious and very indignant, and he mocked the Jews. Who does that sound like? <laughs> that's Satan. That's what he does. And he'll use people. When you're giving due diligence and you're doing what God told you to do, he will come furious, indignant, and mocking you in what God has told you to do. It does not matter the task. That's his assignment. 
Verse 2, and so he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria, and he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive these stones, these heaps of rubbish, these stones that have been burnt to the ground? Verse 3, now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, well, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. (laughs) Verse 4, hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads. And give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out before you. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. In the midst of that, in the midst of those threats and in the midst of those lies and opposition to the work, the, the Lord God Almighty rises up through the saints to pray. Oh, hear, oh God. You see, because without him we can do nothing. But they're very specific. They are doing due diligence and they are laying it out on what they want done. To the enemies that are opposing his work and acknowledge that the Lord's anger has come up against them. Now, verse 6. So he says, so we built the wall. That's fast version. (laughs) So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half of its height for the people had a mind to do what? To work. Getting people to work is my God a hard battle. Getting kids to take out the dadgum trash. It's her turn. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, right? (laughs) It's a lazy generation. It's been that way since sin started. But Jesus said, my father has always been working. He's working. He's building. I work. I build. And my people are going to work and build after me. You hear it? That's the stirring. Do due diligence. It's for the people had the mind to work. So now it happened, verse 7, when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard. These are all the bad guys and their tribes. When they heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they became very angry. So you're surrounded by enemies at the new building that's going up, the restoration that's happening. The enemy's always ticked off when restoration comes. Okay? Verse 8. And all of them conspired together. This is how the enemy works. All of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem. And what does he do? And create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. Here it is again. Nevertheless, see, due diligence, watchman on the wall, guarding your post. Hearing what God says. I got the mind to work. We got souls to save. We got a kingdom to bring forth. What is your will, Lord? That's what I'm after. 
Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. <laughs> we set a watch against them day and night. Remember the Alamo. Verse 10, then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is falling, failing, and there's so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Discouragement. It's so much. They've been doing so good, now we're getting discouraged. We're tired. Verse 11, and our adversary says, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Verse 14, and I looked and I rose and I said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Verse 15, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. 16, so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, and the bows, and they wore armor. And the leaders were behind all of the house of Judah. That is a statement. And our leader, King Jesus, and his father is behind his family. And his government, his church, he is behind us. But he's saying, leaders, now you get behind the work of the Lord and the house of God. Uh, behind every saint. You understand it. Verse 17, those who built on the wall and those who carried the burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and the other hand they held a weapon. <laughs> wow. Okay. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. <laughs> I like that. And then I said to the nobles, to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another around the wall. So, you know, this wasn't just a little wall. So you weren't necessarily right next door. To, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. It's a big place. It's a big wall. Correct? So he said, we're separated so far, verse 20, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. They couldn't use their cell phone, <laughs> okay? So the trumpet was the call, and he says, get to us, our God will fight for us. So we labored in the work. We did what? We labored in the work, and half of the men held their spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. 
from sun up to sundown and all through the night. These guys are alert and attentive. At the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night and a working party by day. They're covered even through intercession. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. They're so serious about this. The scripture says, we know by experience, it took 52 days to do this. 52 days. And they did not have the equipment that we use today. But the heart and the the message is that, do you, you see due diligence in this work? Do you see due diligence in the people of God rising to the occasion to, to do the Lord's will? Do you see the enemy? He's, he hasn't changed. It's just no new thing. Whether he speaks to you personally, how he brings discouragement to you, your goals, your plans, what you want to do. Oh, it's going to take forever. You know, but do due diligence. Be vigilant. One step at a time, get her done. Right? Get her done. But be faithful. But we must work. And we have to work while there is still light. Because a day is coming when no one can work. Those are a quote from Jesus. And so we know that we have time now. We know that we are in the midst at a very critical time in history now. And we are called to walk in the light as he is in the light. We're called to be diligent and vigilant. Stand fast in what you're called to do. Stand fast in the word of the Lord. Abide in him. Remain in him. Be encouraged with him. Love him. And if you've been a bit lazy, let's wake up. Let's just get up. If you've doubted yourself and think, well, I can't do it as good as them, well, why don't you come help and we'll see. But he just said, those who lead, lead with all diligence. And we are all leaders leading someone. Someone sees our example. And boy, do we need leaders today. Righteous leaders. So let's stand and acknowledge what he's encouraging us today. And I know that he will speak to your hearts and encourage you as well. So, Father God, we receive your word today. We know the Holy Ghost, you are hovering over it. And that, Lord, you, great is your reward. I mean, you are rewarding us, Lord. Even for the simple, the simple tasks, you are seeing our faithfulness. It matters how we love each other. It matters how we care for one another. It matters how we help the hurting It matters how we heal. It matters how we pray. It matters how we guard and keep and watch over and protect. It matters how we bring truth. I thank you, Jesus, that you see all of this and that you love us with an everlasting love. We thank you for your encouragement today, and I bless each and every person that sounds, who hears the sound of my words, that hear this, see this, that are here, that we would go in this and that we would hear your spirit saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.